0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Hope Girl Podcast. My name is Brittany Cooley, and I am your host. And I'm going to continue reading my book. I'm on chapter 13 of 20, uh, and so without further ado, chapter 13. The first day of school, I was overwhelmed. There were nine periods in the school day, and I had to go to a different room for each. I had a locker assigned to put my books and backpack in. Luckily, no one was mean to me. I reconnected with some friends that I had back in elementary school. It was so strange to see the same people as teenagers. I felt like I was in the Twilight Zone. Maybe I blacked out and all that crazy shit in Florida never happened. I could only wish. Everyone settled into their cliques. I had a hard time fitting into any of them. I wasn't really pretty enough to be a part of the popular girls. I wasn't smart enough to be with the geeks, and I sure wasn't an athlete to be fit in with the jocks. I was kind of a weirdo, a black sheep. I could kick anybody's ass with my hands tied behind my back, but I knew better than to display violence. My skill set included manipulated paranoid schizophrenics, dodging cops and caseworkers, pretending I was someone or somewhere else to deal with trauma, sleeping on the street comfortably, finding food in garbage cans, stealing food without getting caught. I had read the Bible cover to cover twice, along with hundreds of other books, and was fluent in all cuss words. Still, I was struggling with wanting to be well-liked and making friends. How was I going to pull this off? The abruptness of the transition was like none of it ever happened, from third grade to hell and back to ninth. Well, it didn't matter what I felt like, I had to do this, Aunt Val said so. I disliked taking orders from anyone in my life at that point, but her orders were always a non-negotiable. I knew that I had walked a hard path, and there wasn't a single person in that school that could ever survive a day in my shoes. I held that close to me when things got hard and I wanted to cry. I would catch myself feeling sorry for myself. I put on my headphones and pretended that I was normal, whatever that meant. I went through a goth phase my freshman year. As my freshman year progressed, my music taste went from explicit gangster rap and pop to explicit heavy metal. My headphones looped bands like Corn, Nickelback, Evanescence, Breaking Benjamin, Three Days Grace, Seether, and any other band that sang or screamed about death, sadness, and destruction. The more screwed up the song was, the better it made me feel. I even started to write again. Dark, deep, fucked up poetry. I made friends with the other black sheep who dressed in dark clothing and listened to similar music. I steered clear of the volleyball girls and everyone else I couldn't relate to. I even got a boyfriend. Actually, I think I had a few. I don't know what having a boyfriend meant. I just knew that I needed one because everyone else had one too. Holding hands down the hallway, having notes written for me kind of made me feel special. It never lasted, though. I got bored so quickly. Nothing physical ever happened with these boys. I continued to self-harm. I began smoking cigarettes because that's what my friends were doing, and it made me feel cool. It wasn't cool. It's a nasty habit that took me nearly 11 years to kick. I had my first beer. I smoked my first bowl. I was totally a rebel breaking all the rules because that's all I never knew how to do. I colored outside the lines my whole life. Structure, listening to adults, and taking orders was some kind of new hell for me. I know it sounds like I was on a downward slope of self-destruction, but remember, it was the only way I knew how to cope. When I smoked weed and drank beer, I felt numb. I liked the way it felt. I masked the pain that I was experiencing inside. I would look at all the popular kids and just feel so far away from them. They weren't mean. I was never bullied, at least not to my face, but I just felt like I didn't belong. In reality, I was making myself not belong, almost on purpose to confirm that I was the furthest thing from normal that there was. Looking back, I can only imagine what the conversations were about me behind closed doors. My aunt told me recently that she had one of her daughters ask if this was a phase I was going through and wondered if it would pass. They assured her that it would. Honestly, they didn't even know the half of it. My cousin was right about me being in the passing phase. I look back and I'm thankful that no one in my family judged me. No one made me feel weird for the way I dressed or the music that I listened to. My dad always wore black, but he was referred to more of a Johnny Cash. In a way, I felt like I was emulating him, although I never saw him wear fishnets on his arms. Somehow, I passed ninth grade and made it through my first quarter of high school. Barely. I certainly didn't make honor roll or get any A's, but I passed on to tenth grade, which is really all that I had hoped for. It was a miracle. I did it. Sophomore year came and something in me changed. I realized if I could live on the streets and take care of my mom and do all of those incredibly difficult things and no one knew that I could do, then I could do something as simple as fit in. It was almost a challenge that I had accepted. Not that I cared too much about being popular, but I wanted to be well-liked by everyone. I had previously earned the nickname Queen of the Damned. I wanted to change that. I just didn't know how. Aunt Val took me shopping for a new outfit and out to eat every month or so. I had previously shopped in the black section of any store with most of my wardrobe from stores like Pacsun and Hot Topic. One Saturday, I took a detour from my usual and went into Aeropostale. I walked over to a button-down pinstripe shirt that was pink, white, and pastel green. I had never bought or owned anything that color, nor did I want to. Pink was a happy color, vibrant, girly, feminine, a color that popular girls wore. Aeropostale was a store that I felt as though I didn't belong in. Until that day. I showed Aunt Val the shirt and I told her that I liked it. I think she was just as shocked as I was. That day in the Johnson City Mall was game-changing realization for me. I could be whoever I wanted. I didn't have to be Queen of the Damned. I could truly put my darkness away and just be normal. It was just like a costume. I didn't really know who I was, but I knew who I wanted to be. In that moment, I hung up those dark demons in my closet and chose a different outfit. I embraced who I wanted to be by making the choice to simply be her. I discovered that being busy was the only way I could function. I dove in and became part of nearly everything I could. I discovered the busier and more social I was, the less I thought about my past. I still got letters and calls from mom, but it was a distant memory, maybe even a nightmare. I downed the memories by making new ones and actually having a normal life. It's all I ever wanted—just to be a normal kid and feel fundamentally una- unaffected by all of the shit that had happened to me. Most importantly, I never wanted anyone to know just how damaged I was, because despite my poker face, I was still incredibly damaged underneath of it all. I became quite the social butterfly and was friends with most everybody. I realized if I was nice to people, they would be nice back. What a novel concept! I was called a brown noser a few times, but I didn't care. I wanted to be well-liked by everyone so badly that it didn't matter. When someone felt valued or thankful for something that I did, it made me feel good. I, began, I became addicted to the feeling of people-pleasing. I gave my all to pretend to sympathize with my friends when they were upset. Teenagers are the most dramatic beings on earth. Almost everything that didn't go their way was the end of the world. I found it incredibly difficult to sympathize with all their petty bullshit. They had no idea what it was like to truly struggle. They had no idea what the world was really like. I did. I knew that. I lived that. The things I would hear my classmates complain about made me roll my eyes so far in the back of my head that I saw my brain. It angered me that many of them were so ungrateful. I had deep-seated bitterness towards those who complained about clothes, shoes, or not having a bigger allowance. Despite flourishing against the odds, a huge part of me felt like I was drowning. It was exhausting trying to be friends with everyone and making everyone proud of me all the time. I never felt that I would be caught up from all the years that I had missed. I felt like I was on anyone else's level. I always felt as though I had to prove something to somebody all the time. I tried to bury the past and pretend like I was normal, but inside I knew it was complete bullshit. My past was locked away, subconsciously haunting me. I wanted to distance myself so far away from what had happened to me and create a new life where no one knew any of it. I did a good job. I don't think anyone in my family knew what I had been through while I was on my five-year long vacation in Florida. Even family didn't know the extent of what happened. I had planned to never tell them either. They didn't need to know. No one needed to bear the burden or feel sorry for me. I was fine, I was more than fine. I was in high school and I was thriving. Most importantly, I was not my mother. The only time I ever felt like I wasn't a black sheep with all kinds of problems was when I was under the influence. So being under the influence became my new favorite pastime. Party Britney lived for over a decade and before she was put to rest. She's had a few flare-ups here and there after that, too. I drank and smoked to feel normal. The only thing that I had offered any kind of relief to the imposter syndrome that I had felt. In high school, it was also fun. It activated the bad girl in me. I was underage and knew if I got caught, I would get my ass kicked. The more I drank, the more badass I felt. Every time I got away with it, I wanted to do it again. I felt as though I was entitled to do things and break the rules. I had gone through hell. I earned the right to feel good. And of course, I knew no one in my family would see it that way. In the middle of my junior year of high school, my life experienced a massive plot twist. My mom decided to return home to Pennsylvania. That is the end of chapter 13. And I will be reading chapter 14 next. So thank you so much for coming in and listening to my story. It's an honor to share it with you in hopes that you will choose to go from simply just surviving life to thriving in it and creating a beautiful life uh, no matter what you've been through or faced. Thank you. And I will see you in the next episode for chapter 14.